Peace, peace. You know what it is. Shamir S-K-Y-Z-O-O Skazoo, live out the borough. And this is the NBA Exchange with my man Dexter Henry. You know how you doing it, man. Log on, tap in. Let's get into it. What's good, everybody? Happy Wednesday. We are now. That's my talk to y'all. Regular season was still going on. Regular season is over. We are in the playoffs. Well, not playoffs yet. Play-in tournament. We had the first couple of games last night. Two more play-in tournament games tonight. There'll be one. Uh, there'll be another few, possibly, on Friday. We will see how that all plays out. Um, but it'll be very interesting. We got the playoffs starting on Saturday, one of my favorite days of the year. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. We will be talking to Kenny Ducey on Friday show. We'll be talking about betting, how you should bet uh, in these NBA playoffs and what you should do. But we're going to preview some of those playoff matchups today, and we're going to talk about the plan. It's Wednesday, so y'all know what time it is. Coming here for hot takes. This isn't it. This isn't what we do. Y'all know this. It's my man, Gerard Hector. He joins me on the yes, NBA sir. exchange yes, to give some perspective. What's up, Gerard? How you doing, man? Chilling, chilling. Locked away in my recording booth over here. Uh, but, you know, even though I'm, I'm locked in doing some work, ain't nobody talking about hot takes. If y'all want hot takes, you know what stations to go find that. I ain't even going to put those stations out because I don't want to give them any more press. <laughs> <laughs> now, Gerard, Gerard is locked in the booth. And if you saw Gerard with us on the A Hard Stuff podcast the other day, you would have heard he was talking about, you know, wanting to turn the music down in his headphones because we thought he was going to spit some bars. But he's this is not what Gerard does. It's voiceover work, not giving y'all those bars. Nah, <laughs> no, 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 no bars, no hot fire. Uh, it's hilarious, though, right? Like all those like early 90s hip hop you hear, they'll be like, yo, man, turn me up in the headphones. Or, and I'm like, yo, how loud y'all want the headphones to fucking be? Damn. I also want to know how are these. Uh, engineers and producers messing up that they had them so low in the headphones in the place. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, like I don't know. It's, 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 it's one of those things. Like I've heard like Biggie and like Jay talk about it. Uh, of course, Biggie rest in peace. Like just the idea of like, they just love to hear, cause they want to hear how they sound like on, on, on the, on the back, uh, on, on the feedback. It, it's just, you know, but it's all, it's all a matter of preference, right? You want it loud. You want it medium. You want it soft, whatever works for you, whatever floats your boat or finds your lost remote. Yeah, no, it's 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 always it's always interesting uh, with that. But like I said, we got a lot to get into. Two play-in games last night: Nets, Cavs, Wolves, Clippers. Both were really good games, differently played games. We'll start with the Nets. The Nets dropped the Cavs to grab the number seven seed in the Eastern Conference. The Nets looked like they was going to run away with this after the first quarter. Kyrie Irving was on fire in the first half. Nine of nine, he had a killer game. What did you take from this uh, game? The Nets were able to hang on in the end and win this. What did you take from what the Nets did on uh, Tuesday night, Gerard? Um, I took away what I think we all know to be true, that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are two of the best shot creators and shot makers in the history of the game. Not just current, modern time, present day, this era, this season, during their careers, like of all time. Um, I said this in our group chat last night. I don't care how elite your defense is. Like those two can just make shots because that's how good they are. And anytime you have that, you have a chance to win ball games. Now, excellence and superstar play like the net, like like what Kevin and Kyrie can do, tends to mask 
lot of other deficiencies your team has, right? And the deficiencies they have is they have are they're small on the wing. Uh, they are poor on defense in terms of their effort consistently for a full 48 minutes. I mean, you saw it in that game last night. When did the team tend to struggle? When one of them, when one of KD or Kyrie were on the bench, right? That's when mm-hmm. the team started to struggle. And that's, so that's what you're going to see. So, and you can't play them 48 minutes a night, though Steve Nash, damn well going to try to do that all playoffs long. Um, th- th- that's what's going to ultimately hurt this team in the long run is that you cannot buy any significant rest uh, for, for those two guys, because once one of them sits, things just kind of go into shambles and, you know, it's problematic, but you know, I think that their next round series against the Celtics is going to be exciting. Boston should be favored, but Boston shouldn't be sitting pretty like, yeah, it should be pretty easy for us. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into that series because we know that's a series that is going to happen. And that's when our face of Boston Celtics in the two seven matchup in the East. And we'll break down a little bit more of how we think that is going to play out. Now on the Western side, the other seven, eight game, the Wolves and the Clippers. This was, to me, Gerard, uh, a very entertaining game. I predicted it would be the under. I think the under in this game, was the, the line was at 231 uh, in terms of total points. It was under. There was, there was some bad defense, non-disciplined defense, I will say, played in this game. There were a lot of fouls. Pat Bev was doing Pat Bev things, which makes our boy Brian Fonseca happy. <laughs> um, Carlin D. Towns, he was terrible in this Look. game. And he fouled out and was doing too much. But D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards were actually really good. The Wolves were down 10 in the fourth. They come back. They win this game. They will now play the Grizzlies. We'll get to that later, which is going to excite myself and Gerard. We've been talking about this series for the last two to three weeks. Um, what do you take from this game and what the Wolves did? Or is this one the Clippers let get away and they blew it? It's a little bit of both, right? I mean, it's never always one thing. Look, Call of Duty Towns is an all-NBA caliber player. He will likely make an all-NBA team this year. Last night's performance in the play-in was not all-NBA worthy. Um, you know, shout out to Ty Lue and the Clippers. They had a great strategy and game plan, and it worked. It frustrated him. Um, I mean, on that last play that he fouled out, he actually committed two fouls and only got called yes. for one, yes. right? So, I mean, the fact that he was so incredulous looking at the ref, I'm like, dog, like, you, that was you. And at this stage of his career now, Dexter, he has to be able to work through these things and figure out, okay, here's how this team is defending me. Here's how the refs are calling it. All right. Like, because he is, despite last night's game, he is that talented of a player. Like, Carl Anthony Towns is immensely talented and highly skilled. He just needs to figure out, oh, okay, this is the defense you're throwing at me. Cool. Mm-hmm. Let me do something else now to, to offset that. And, you know, with more reps and more times, he'll get it. Look, Pat Bev, as you mentioned, was, was just annoying as all hell last night. Got in the middle of everything. I mean, he was a minus five for the game. Now, granted, I don't use single game plus minus as a stat, but, you know, he had some big threes. He was getting in, in their heads. I mean, he was doing all that. I, but like you, I was really impressed with what D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards in particular did last night. You know, Brian Fonseca in our group chat last night said, D'Lo as like the stable stabilizing veteran presence. Who would have thought that would have been him when he was sending out Iggy Azalea pictures to, to teammates about whatever Iggy was doing behind someone's those back or whatever that situation was when he was with the Lakers. Who thought he'd be the mature, calming presence? But he is that now. Um, and, you know, he was able to run efficient offense, get to his spots. Um, we talk about this all the time. It's not playoff, it's play-in. But the ability to create for oneself and others in the half court and convert 
He did that time and time again last night. On the yep. Clippers side, Paul George was excellent last night. Like fantastic. fantastic. I mean, you know, everybody jokes about playoff P, pandemic P, whatever you want. Like I understand there are limitations with him as your number one. But mm-hmm. yo, this dude is really good at basketball. Like excellent, excellent at basketball. So Clippers ain't ain't dead yet. No, Clippers are not dead yet. They are very much alive and well. And I thought they could be dangerous. Um, I thought they were you could have picked them to win that game. They had it. They just didn't make the shots down the stretch. They weren't able to get stops. Probably disappointing, but we'll see what they can do, who they will play, the winner of the 9-10 game. We'll talk a little bit about that later when we comes comes up in our picks. Okay, playing, been fun so far in the 7-8 games. We'll get to the 9-10 games a little bit later. But I want to talk about these series. Um, and so we'll start off with the Eastern Conference because there's some very interesting things and in how we're going to pick this series and what we think is going to happen. Milwaukee Bucks. Defending champion Milwaukee Bucks, Gerard. Look, let's call, let's call a spade a spade. Let's call a thing a thing. They avoided playing the Nets on Sunday. I don't want to say they necessarily ran from them, but they weren't trying to play that matchup. And to some degree, the Celtics, they played their guys. Seemed like they wanted that matchup. All right, so now the Bucks, they get the Chicago Bulls uh, in the first round. The Bulls started off great this season, struggled down the stretch. They've had a lot of injuries uh, and whatnot of that nature. They are the sixth seed. Who do you like in this matchup? Is this an easy one for the Milwaukee Bucks here? Or who do you like? How do you see the series playing out? So shout out to my colleague, Coach David Thorpe Truhu, who said, I don't know if they were ducking the Nets per se so much as choosing to play the Chicago Bulls. Um, And look, all season long in the East, who we've been talking about? Brooklyn, Philly, Miami, right? Every other team is getting all this ink. Meanwhile, the team that actually won the championship last year, the Milwaukee Bucks, nobody's saying shit about them. Well, you know, Milwaukee still has, I mean, look, you know I think KD is the best player in the world, so I'm not going to say Giannis is better, but the Milwaukee has an unstoppable force in Giannis and Tendakubo that no one has an answer for in the NBA. So they're still that. They still have Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. Chicago has been struggling, and we know that they will not have Lonzo Ball for the playoffs. Zach Levine is struggling with injury. Look, the flight from Chicago to Milwaukee is, what, 45 minutes? This ain't going to be heavy travel for them. They make light work of Chicago. I see a four-game sweep, maybe five if they fool around with their – play with their wow. food one night. But, I, I mean, Chicago just doesn't have – they don't – first of all, they have no Giannis answer. Like, that, that's the first thing. They have no Giannis answer. So there's that, right? And once they start doubling and doing all that, okay, now I got Chris Middleton operating, like, in open space, Drew Holiday. I mean, it's just – it, Bobby Portis, Brian's boy, like they just they have too many weapons. And the thing that we cannot measure with any metrics or stats, they won the championship last year. So right. they not they not nervous, but ain't worried about well, I'm gonna get fired if we go now. None of that exists anymore. They're just gonna roll in the games and be like, all right, we're just gonna do our thing. I I like them too. I, I'm with you. I, I want to give. I want it. It feels like you should give Chicago two games, but I don't. Don't think they have enough. They don't have it. I'm with you. I don't think they have enough. I'll give them a game. I'll give them a game. They'll win one of those games in Chicago. I'll say Bucks in five here for you. I just. I just think the Bucks are too good. I think the Bucks one and two. I, I, I like Coach Thorpe's point. Shout out to Coach Thorpe because I do think Nets fans have been putting the narrative that yeah, right. people have been ducking them. Of course. Um, choosing who you want to play here 
and making your life a little easier in terms of travel, which you which you astutely pointed out, is totally fine. There's no shame in that, right? <laughs> there's, there's no shame in saying, hey, this is a good matchup for us, make things easier, maybe helps us get some more rest. They've been mm-hmm. banged up. Brooke mm-hmm. Lopez just coming back. Mm-hmm. Giannis has to do a lot in the defensive end. Okay, fine. I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing. I think it's a great matchup for the Bucks. Bulls, they got nothing to hang their head about this year. Yeah. They just didn't have the continuity with guys. And I think that kind of hurt their season. And, and if Lonzo was healthy, I would look at this vastly different. I would too. But I would too. But he's not. And it, it, again, Lonzo is a, he's not going to wow you with like stats scoring 25 and nine. It's not, but he is a ceiling raiser, right? Because now right. you put him and Alex Caruso on the perimeter. Yo, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, y'all ain't getting into easy shots like you thought, right? Now that puts more pressure on Yon, right? So, it, it just sets things up differently. And, you know, Giannis is going to kill Boosh. I mean, I just don't like, you know what I mean? Like, I just. Yeah, that's, well, that's the thing, too, that we, it's just Chicago already had problems defensively inside. And when you got Giannis and Brooke and, and even Brooke. Bobby Porter says you mentioned could do I some mean, damage. Yeah, it's just not. Yeah, Vooch, Vooch has no answer. They uh, don't got much of an answer inside. If they were going to do anything, it would have been their defense on the perimeter and they only have one of those guys at Caruso now. So exactly. I just don't see it. All right. Yeah, I'm going Bucks in five here. That's that's going to be my pick. Uh next series. This one I'm intrigued to hear from you because I think we might be on the same wavelength <laughs> with this one. Um, which I might not have been earlier in the season, but it's Philadelphia 76ers, the four seed they're playing the number five Toronto Raptors. Tell me if I'm wrong here, Gerard, but I feel like the Raptors are being overlooked. They're a little underrated. They might be ahead of the game in terms of things with the NBA, with Nick Nurse playing a lot of length and size that can cause some problems for teams. And they've started to get, I don't love their offense, but they've started to get a little better if you've been watching them as the season has gone on, the comfortability and what they have to do, particularly in their young players. Pascal Siakam's had an underrated year. Um, also, their their rookie, Scotty Barnes, who's had a fantastic year. Um can the Raptors beat the Sixers here? I think they can, or am I tripping on No, this? you're not tripping. Uh, so let's start on the Raptors side. First of all, shout out to Nick Nurse. His scheming will likely win them at least one game on its own. He's going to throw out something in the middle of a game that's going to get the Sixers all out of sorts, and he will win one game just based on that. You mentioned Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, uh, Chris Boucher. I mean, this team is just nothing but six foot seven and taller wings, just arms and legs for days, right? And teams that are long and athletic and rangy like that, if you're not the same, that's hard to play against. The hardest thing to do in this league is score over length. It's just very hard to do that unless you're Kevin Durant, right? Like, I mean, very few people in this league can score consistently over length. It's just too hard. And that's what the Bucks throw at you. Nothing but length. Uh, no disrespect to Fred VanVleet. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I'm with you. I have concerns offensively for them. But I think, again, Nurse will win them a game. Their defense will win them another game. I see, too. A large part of how this series is going to go is going to be, now we go to the Philly side, is how the referees officiate this game. If they call the game tight, Joel Embiid and James Harden will get Philly into the bonus early in every single quarter. And they might go to the free throw lines 50, 60 times in a game, right? Because those two are masters at drawing fouls. Now, if the refs swallow their whistle and they're not doing that, 
Well, now things get interesting. And it gets interesting because James Harden has not been the all-NBA player he's been in years past. Has even, not. even last season, he was excellent last season uh, up until the, the hamstring injury. But since that hamstring injury, he has not been good. Uh, you see flashes here and there, but he's not doing it consistently. And he was brought here to be that consistent number two guy next to Embiid. Now, speaking of Embiid, as great as he is, he has yet to dominate a playoff series yet in his career, right? I have not seen him be that dude who's like, oh, no, for a series, it's 35, 15, 3. Like, it, we haven't really seen that. He put some good numbers, but not the dominant ways that he does in the regular season. So that's something to watch. The last piece to watch for Philly. Matisse Steibel is their third most important player. Mm -hmm. You argue between him and Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey is a second-year player, so you put a lot of pressure on him. Notice we haven't mentioned Tobias Harris there. Yes, yes. I was was about to say that. We have not mentioned him. What does he make? $30 a year somewhere in that range? Mm -hmm. Like, okay. And and the fact that we have not mentioned him yet tells you all you you need to know. Mm Mm-hmm. Thibault is not vaccinated, as we know, which means he cannot go to Toronto to play any games. Why does that matter? Because Matisse Thibault is their best defender, an yep. on-ball defender at the wing. You don't got him to put on Siakam. You don't got to put him on Barnes. Hey, man, you, you got problems now. And as you mentioned, Siakam's been playing excellent. So this, this could get real dicey for Philly in round one, very dicey. It could to me. It, it, it could get real dicey. I think a lot of it, as you said, has to do with what Harden can do and what kind of James Harden you have. Any of you been watching Harden, like Gerard mentioned, from the end of the playoffs last year, starters here in Brooklyn, has not looked like himself. He's been just throwing shots up at the rim. He's not getting the call. So as you brought up, Gerard, how this is being called, particularly even more so to me on Harden than it is in Bede, is really important here for us to see what how this game is dictated, especially because the Raptors have a lot of guys that can throw it hard. One of the things I like about them, more than even Embiid, they can throw a lot of guys with different looks. If Harden is not able to take some of that pressure off Embiid, and the Raptors are even fine with saying, hey, we're going to let Embiid get his. Now I what mean, are you guys going to do? Scotty Barnes would lock him up. And no, but like, this is what we're saying. We're saying a rookie could lock him up and give him a lot of problems against a season vet who, albeit, and you know this, Gerard, we've discussed this many times on different shows, has not gotten it, always gotten it done necessarily in the playoffs. I do think there's something to what you're saying, too, on Embiid. He has not dominated a playoff series yet like we would like to see. I love Embiid, one of my favorite Excellent. players in Washington League. Without question. But he, he, if he wants to put a stamp, he's got to do it. Now, how far they're going to go, this is for down the road in future weeks if they advance. A lot of that I agree with you is going to have to do on Harden and what he can do. So with all that being said, who are you picking here? Are you going? Are you going? Yeah, I see you like shit. I don't know. I might have to go with these. Look, I think this is going six or seven games easy. I just my only problem with Toronto is I worry about them offensively, as you mentioned. Like consistently, how are you scoring in the half court? You know, I, I just and Philly has Joel Embiid in the half court, right? Like so, all else fails. Like. That's that's a pretty good hammer to smash to smash some nails and look, man. I'm gonna say Philly in seven, but look, if it was Raptors in six, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I because because Philly's the kind of team I can see too. Things start going bad and they just melt down. 
Yeah. It, it, and you got no Ben Simmons to blame this time. That's right. No Ben to blame on this one. This 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 is big. And when I talk to people in Philly, it's the pressure's there. They got to win. is going to have to be huge in this series. Now he, now, he played good last year in the playoffs. But I think there's something to what you're saying also, Gerard, is last year in the playoffs, the expectations for him because of where he was in the pecking order. He was found money. Right. This year, you just said it. You're expecting him to be their third most important player, particularly on offense. Tybal probably on defense. It is a shame we haven't talked about Tobias Harris. Mm -hmm. But you're expecting Maxie, who played very well this regular season, particularly down the stretch. You're expecting him to be that third best guy. Now the expectations have raised. Mm-hmm. It's a now a different level. If if Maxi can step up and he's fine, I think it's a good sign for them. I think they'll be okay. If he, and they won the series. If he doesn't, and he looks like a guy playing in, in the year. playoffs mm-hmm. with it in a tough media market mm-hmm. where there is expectations. Um, now with Harden to probably get to a conference finals, however fair you think that is. That's a lot on Maxi. I'm not making excuses for Maxi. I'm just saying that's it's, a it's lot. It's a lot. Sec- it's a lot for a second-year player. Now, look, this could all change, Dex, if Tobias Harris actually shows up and plays. Right. I- I'm not right. even saying play up to his contract. I'm just saying play like close to an all-star level type of dude. If he does that, they're fine. But what? How confident are you in that happening? Not, you know why? It's one of those things. Not because we haven't seen it before. Like that's that that's just how we operate as human beings, right? A lot of times we haven't seen this before, and so this is this is what happens. Uh, can he do it? Does he have the talent to do it? I think he's a very good player. He's played very good uh, for a lot of teams, and when he is particularly under Doc Rivers, mm-hmm. he's been so hot and cold, man. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you just don't know what it is you're going to get with him. So this is this might be the toughest series for me to pick, Gerard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it might is. be it's hard, man. When I think about it, because you know what my gut's telling me. My gut's saying Toronto. Go with your it's gut, man. Telling me Toronto, <laughs> man. It's telling me at the at the worst, Toronto's really gonna mess things up because sure. I have too many question marks on Philly and a lot of it on James Harden and how he's mm-hmm. gonna play. I believe Embiid is going to have a good series. I do believe that. Like I actually feel pretty because they have no answer for Embiid. They have no, yeah, nothing. I feel pretty nothing. good about that. But you also said something. I like you your point about giving Nick Nurse a game because of his scheming. And Nick Nurse, a coach who's actually gotten things done, and we're mm-hmm. giving him credit, unlike some people did for Brad Stevens. <laughs> we're not doing that here. But I, I do think there's something to that, and I do think the players buy in. I do think there's something to some of those players having played in a run to the championship. There's some of that toughness there. Go ahead, man. Do it. Go with the Raptors. I am mad at you. Raptors in seven. There, there we go. go. Raptors there you in go. seven. We got it. We got this in seven. All right. Moving on, you touched on this series because we talked about the Nets in the playing game. Celtics, Nets, we know they're playing each other. Um, I think here's the thing. Here's something you always talk to me about. You, you and I have had many conversations uh, about the Nets and KD off this show and off other shows. You always say, you got Kevin Durant, you got a chance, okay? He puts the fear of God into a lot of people. There's not that many people that can guard him. All that is true. When I watched the game last night, Gerard, and this is what I want you to respond to if my concerns are legitimate here. I watched the game last night, and I'm like, okay, Nets can dominate. We can see what they can do offensively. Katie and Kyrie are cooking. My colleague, Zach Brazilla at the Post, put out a tweet after the first quarter. It was like, is it too early to say that 
the Nets are going to be headed to Brooklyn. And I was like, yeah, it's too early because their defense is suspect. <laughs> and we saw the Cavs come back uh, against them. I have a lot of concerns about their defense against a Celtics team that's very good defensively, although we'll be without Robert Williams. My question is, does the fear of the two stars and how good they can be offensively, uh, does that overtake? And just having those two, is that more than me being concerned about their defense in terms of picking them to win against the Celtics? No, not at all. Look, you ha- they're, the fear about their defense, the concerns about their defense are legitimate, right? This was a team at the beginning of the season that was a top five defense, right? And then they started sliding. Um, and they're now 22nd or something like that. Um, they've really fallen back to the path. Now, when they are locked in, like they were in the first quarter and for most of the second quarter, you see they can guard. When they when they are locked in, they can guard. Kevin Durant is an excellent defender. You put up that lineup with Durant, uh, Drummond, or Nick, Nick Claxton, and you saw from last night when Kyrie's engaged on that end, he's not a turnstile, right? He's strong in the chest. You try to back him down. He's got quick hands. He pokes balls away, disrupts your offense. They can do that. Their problem is, as, as, as much as Seth Curry and Patty Mills want to on defense, you know, man, when you're six foot tall, like I just, and you, it, it just is what it is, man. And you got wings coming at you that are six, eight and taller. There's really not a lot you can do. Um, they have Kessler Edwards who will play, but he is a rookie and rookies will make mistakes. Um, but then this is the playoffs where your mistakes are magnified. And again, mm-hmm. with all the load that Kyrie and Katie have to carry offensively to not have them do that defensively, it's a lot to ask. So if your concerns are legitimate to be worried about their defense for sure. Would you, with, with that being said for me, um, and we talked about the Celtics defense. We know how good the Celtics defense has been this year under first-year head coach, Ine Doka. Um, can they be as good defensively against this Nets team without Robert Williams? Because, look, they got. let's not act like they don't have a tall order here trying to stop Kyrie and Kevin Durant, uh, who look invigorated. And I also think there's something to the Nets having something to prove here about their season, which has been chaotic. Yeah. Uh, so do you, do you believe the Celtics defense can – Slow those two down, not shut them down. Right, slow them down, you, and you, and can they win? You ain't shutting them down. Look, nah, you slow them nah. down, sure, because the, the goal is to make them inefficient, right? That's the goal. Okay, they're gonna get theirs, but they, you know, they can't be scoring, you know, sixty combined points on twenty five shots, like we, right. We, right or thirty. We we can't have that, right? Like we gotta have them take fifty plus shots to get those points, right? Wasted possessions. Um, so the Celtics can do that. What Robert Williams allows them to do is they can switch one through five. Right. Um, so then you're like, all right, you get you get him out on KD, Kyrie, you, you feel fine. Right. Similar to what our boy Brian says when the, what the Heat do with Bam, you get switched on the perimeter guy. You're not concerned. Well, if Al Horford gets switched on the perimeter guy. Now you're a little bit more concerned. Daniel Tice, you're a little bit more concerned. Right. And if KD and Kyrie can get those guys in the foul trouble then the Celtics really have problems. Right. Uh, so that I think will hurt them. But they still have Marcus Smart, who's going to be a nightmare on that end of the floor. Again, it will depend on how the referees are calling the game, right? If they let Smart be super physical and bump, it'll be playing in Celtics' favor. If they get those, and it'll probably ebb and flow by the series, right? There'll be a series where Smart gets two quick early fouls because the refs are calling it tight. And that'll be a game that'll exploit and open up for KD and Kyrie. On the others, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was, I was, I was glad you brought up the two points there. One about, I do think it matters how the game's called, particularly how Marcus Smart can defend. And two, 
going and attacking Al Horford is not the same as attacking Time Lord. Bruce Brown came out in the post-game press conference last oh, night. He saw those comments, and he was I, pretty oh, much like, he was like, yeah, like pretty much it's going to be easier. And KD was kind of like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't say yeah, that much. KD like fast. Bruce, chill, bro. He's like, chill, bro. Like, we know some of that's kind of true, but you don't have to put it out there. You got to like, say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who, who do you have winning this series? Like, who... Uh, on, on that end, who this is another one. There's another one that goes six or seven. And we didn't talk about the Celtics. Look, Jason Tatum is playing excellent. Yes. Uh, Jalen Brown playing excellent. He's healthy this year. He wasn't healthy last year in the postseason, so that's going to matter for them. But the Celtics have a tendency sometimes when the offense isn't flowing with the ball movement, they can get stagnant and isolation heavy. All right, Jason Tatum has eliminated a lot of those long twos out of his out of his shot diet, which is good. But he can throw up one of those seven for 26 games, right? And he's going to have at least one of those in this in this postseason, in this series for sure. And Jalen Brown's going to have a night like that as well. I see this going seven games, um, Dex. I just – because I cannot see a world where KD and Kyrie get bounced in four games. Like, I don't – like, I get it, all the deficiencies that that team has, but those two are too good, right? Like, they're just – on their own, that's two games they're going to win, right? Like, that's just – so that means we're going six. Right, like that means six already, just because of those two. And I have a feeling we're gonna have a Seth Curry game somewhere in there. We're gonna have an Andre Drummond, Nick Claxton game somewhere in there. Like we're gonna have all these weird, like you know, how the playoffs happen, right? Like and things sort of just come up and happen. I see this going seven, and game seven will be in Boston, so I will favor Boston. However, huh. however, a game seven with easy money sniper. I mean. Yeah, I, 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 so here's where I hear I'm with you. I think it goes seven, and I know people are like, "Oh, it's in Boston." Here's the thing: I've seen I've seen Kevin Durant come up big in a game seven, right? I've seen Kyrie Irving, seen come, up Kyrie Irving come up big in a game <laughs> seven, huge in a game seven. Huge and in, in Boston, seven. you know he's not going to be afraid and be like, "All right, I'll show you." And y'all. he's the guy I think is motivated to have a big series. I'm going – I want to pick the Celtics. The Celtics at Time Lord, I might be different on this. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I think it's going to be a tough series. I think it's going to be a – I think it's going to be moments. Like you said, Gerard, I think it's going to be moments here. I'm going Nets in seven. I thought about this. This is one I debated on long and hard last night and this morning. Nets is seven. I'm going – I think it's seven. Yeah. But I think KD and Kyrie on the road, which look, I, sign me up for that. Give me a couple weeks. Yep. Game seven on the road, Boston. KD, Kyrie going up there. Kyrie burning the stage. Fans <laughs> getting on him. I want to see it, man. I, I look. I love a good. Also, game a, a, yes. a last quick thing to mention there, Kyrie. Even though he's played a lot of minutes towards the end of this, he's played the fewest games of anybody coming in. His legs are fresher now. We got Ramadan to worry about, so that's that's a thing to be concerned about. Uh, KD had that 20-something game absence in the middle. He's a little fresher as well in terms of minutes, right? So that's something to be mindful. And the series, the way it's breaking, is giving them some more rest. They played Tuesday last night. Instead of playing Saturday, they're playing Sunday. So they have four days off now before they play again. And then game two is on Tuesday or Wednesday, I believe. So it, And then game, and then the next game is like another three days after that. It, it, the series is breaking where because – and they're older. So the older team needs the rest. The Nets are getting some rest advantages it looks like this could be helpful for them and help push that series where you can play them more minutes and go seven games yeah it's gonna be interesting. i got nets i got nets and seven on that one all right to the western conference number three golden state warriors versus the number six denver nuggets i think the thing here gerard is Jokic. i think you and i both have him for mvp we both think he will be mvp the warriors do they have an answer for Jokic? 
Probably not. I don't think so. You can throw some Kevon Looney. You can throw some Draymond mm-hmm. in him sometimes. That's not good enough. But maybe the, the Warriors are fine to be like, all right, Jokic, you're going to get yours. Let's let the rest of these dudes, because it's been Jokic and the dudes out there. Do Jokic and the dudes have any shot against the Warriors? Nah, man. And and I love Nikola Jokic. Like, I, I just, look, man, people need to, like, expand their brains. And it's not just people. It's NBA players, too. Like, you hear, and, you know, KD's my guy, LeBron. You hear all these guys talk. And it's always like, oh, Luka's so good. Joel Embiid's my MVP. This one, it's like, why y'all don't mention Jokic? And, again, it's because the way he plays basketball doesn't look like what we think an MVP basketball player should look like, right? An MVP player to the casual NBA fan or even like the most serious that hard baller is if you're a big man is a Shaq Embiid type, right? Or a Giannis type where you're just constantly mm-hmm. dominating in all the big counting stats. You're putting up 40 a night, whatever, all that. Yo, Jokic with his assists and his scoring, like he scores 18 points, he scores 26 plus a night. It's with his passing, and his facilitating and his scoring, he accounts for all of that for his team. He's excellent. That's the MVP. Look, the Warriors are going to go with Looney and Draymond straight up. They ain't sending no help because they're going to be like, you cool, you score 40 and do whatever. But the rest of these dudes, Pancundo, Campazzo, Austin Rivers, Will Barton, like Bones Highland, look, all nice players, Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon couldn't be the best player in Orlando. So 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 nobody's worried about them like that. And in a, in a playoff setting, those guys cannot create on their own. They're just not nope. good enough. Nope. They're, just, they're just not. And it's not, not a diss. It's just the reality. Nikola Jokic is playing without two other max players. His, uh, his two other max guys are not there. So the fact that they're even in this position is amazing. Is a, is a testament to how good he is. But the Warriors are too much. They, they, they don't. And that's even with Steph, maybe not even 100%. We're not sure or whatever. I just, because they're going to single cover Jokic. Because when you double Jokic is when the trouble comes. They're not going to double. For what? For, for what? Who? For what? Right. No need. What, what, what are you going with? How many games? How many games? Uh, I'm going to go Warriors in five. I just, you know. I like it. I, I just, you know, maybe they have the, the random Austin Rivers game where he just lights out from three. One night. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool, you, you got that. They'll, they'll, they'll let me have one. Warriors, I like that. Warriors in five. I'm with you on that. I won't belabor. I think you said enough on that. I will not take too much more time uh, with that. Warriors in five. All right. Here's another series that uh, I feel confident is going to end in five. Might not be the way some of you guys feel. That's the Dallas Mavericks. They're the fourth seed against the Utah Jazz. Look, Gerard, I'm going to keep it real. (laughs) You know the issues I have with the Jazz. uh, Not being able to guard in the perimeter. People taking too many shots at Rudy. I have never been cool with that. Um, I'm going to be blunt here. I just don't think it's working with the Jazz. I think this is the end of the Jazz if we see them. Uh, and I think this is the time Luca breaks through. Luca has been good in the playoffs. He just has not won. But I think this is a team that is going to be very hard for the Jazz to cover. Yeah, they do yeah. so much with their guards. Uh, yeah. They also play really good defense. Um, and they found their confidence since they traded Porzingis. Jason Kidd's done a really good job. Uh, I, I, I'm going to just say at the top, I'll let you get into it. I got Mavs in five here. Um, and I think Luca is focused if he's healthy because he did have the injury. Um, so that that's of note. Mavs in five, maybe six. I'll give the Jazz two games, but I like the Mavs to do what they got to do. So I'm with you on all that. The only thing that concerns me is this cap injury for Luca. Like yeah. I don't I don't know what that means because if he's a diminished version of himself, well then I mean look, 
for all Utah's ills, and you laid them all out, they were still the number one offense in adjusted offensive rating this year. <laughs> okay, like, and we've seen Donovan Mitchell in a playoff series average 40 plus. Like, so let's not act like they can't do anything. Okay, they got problems, tons of them. They, don't, they can't defend. But if Luka is hampered and is not himself, and I think he's going to end up playing injured this series anyway, look, man, uh, we talked about it in the group chat, right? The playoff margins are so thin and things change on a dime. Let's remember back to last season, Eastern Conference semis. Bucks down 0-2. What was everybody saying? Oh, bud, better pack your bags, buddy. You about to get fired, right? All this, all this and that, right? What happens? They, they win in seven. They go to the NBA finals. Bud got job security for life now. Like right, it, Things change on a dime. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen for Utah, but look, right. what happens if they beat the Dallas in round one and somehow some other injury happens up, up at the top and they find their way into the conference finals? All of a sudden, things look a whole lot different, right? I'm not predicting mm-hmm. that. I'm just saying that's how this shit works sometimes. I see this series going six because I don't know about how healthy Luke is going to be. And again, if that calf is a real problem, who you trust on that team to do shit? I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie's got some playoff experience. Cool. Jalen Brunson. All right. Maxi Kleber. White Powell. Dorian Finney. No, nobody, nobody that could really take over the game. And it's actually funny to say this, but this is kind of even where I'd feel even better about the Mavericks. Maybe if they had a Tim Hardaway, they, they miss him. Um, at, at some way, you're you're asking a lot of guys who've played well together, but they don't really have that other scorer. That is a problem for them if Luka can't go. So you're taking Mavs and six. I'm taking Mavs and six. Um, but if that Luka situation is problematic, mm-hmm. I will not be surprised if Utah ends up winning this series. I wouldn't be surprised at that either. Well, if Utah got to the finals, <laughs> dear uh, God, that, Ooh, that, no one has mercy. That'd be crazy. And, and, and if that doesn't happen, one of them superstars is gone. If they if they flame out in round one. One, and I don't know what they do, but one of them's going. One of them's going, and probably the coach. Uh, oh, yeah, maybe Quinn, Quinn's gone. Yeah, that's that's another thing. All right, this is the series I think we are probably most excited for in the West. Uh, no, of note, just you know, notice we haven't talked about the series involving the number one team because we do not know who they're going to play yet. So this is why we haven't talked about that. And we're but also not concerned because they're gonna the one team's going to win in both conferences. I think so too. <laughs> uh, Memphis Grizzlies versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. Call it the trash talking series of the NBA playoffs, the series that we are hoping we know at least the first game will not be on NBA TV. So we are happy about that. It, hopefully, during the week, it does not become an NBA TV series, but we at least know the first game will not be on NBA TV. The Memphis Grizzlies versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, look, anybody who's watched this show knows Gerard. You watch True Hoop, you know anything about this. Look, you know Gerard's been high in the Grizzly Cups. He's been hiring them for like three years. So he's been riding their trajectory up and has spoken to me. And he's even put me up on game on things that I wasn't necessarily paying attention to with the Grizzlies. If you know me, I've become a very big fan of Jaron Jackson, particularly on the defensive end where he has impressed me a lot. So I'm saying this all to say I'm very high on the Grizzlies and what they can do. Before we get to Gerard, we know that the big thing people are going to bring up against the Grizzlies, and I'm sure Gerard will agree, is going to be, Oh, well, the Grizzlies haven't been here before. Oh, their age. Oh, they struggle in the half court, which is absolutely true. I just want to say that like, these things are factual. I don't know that they're going to struggle, but they are factual. And they do struggle in the half court. And how does that translate to the playoffs? That's something I would like to see. But before I get to Gerard, what I do want to say is, while I think all that is true, 
I think this is a team that has heard all the noise through the regular season and has said, forget y'all. We come, we came here to smash anyway. And I have no reason to believe that won't translate to the playoffs. I think they hear this noise and talk. Oh, they can't do this, they can't do that. Okay. So I want to say that first. I think that I think I think that's very key here for us to look that they've had a lot of F you to their season, right, Gerard? John Moran well, said it. He was like, we ain't ducking no smoke. We climbing up the chimney. Okay? Right. This dude said we're going up, we the, going up hey man, the chimney. That's where all the smoke is. Okay? That's where all the smoke is. Santa, Santa comes down the chimney bearing, bearing gifts. They're going up the chimney trying to take you out of these playoffs. That's what it's about. I, I think that the Timberwolves, who are a trash-talking team, all the boxing with Pat Def, but we talked about some of their problems. D'Angelo Russell played well last night. I love Anthony Edwards. I think he might be the best player on the team. Carlton Towns has had a fantastic season. The question is, I think people will predict, listen to both of us, Gerard. Oh, Dexter and Gerard, they, they like the Grizz. They rolling with the Grizz. I'll say it, I am. But do you think <laughs> the Timberwolves have any chance here at all to upset the Grizz? Oh, of course they do. Look. You, you got Carl Anthony Towns, who, despite last night's poor performance, is one of the elite big men in this game. Elite. Okay? He tricks off and gets 35, 10, and you're like, oh, what are we going to do now? Now, mm-hmm. I feel good because I got Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams. I got size, so I'm not, you know, I'm not nervous. Like, damn, he's going to exploit the hell out of us. We don't have to do any kind of special fancy scheme to take him out. We're like, all right, Jaron, you got, you got it. Or Steven, hey, Steve-O, you got him. Like, so, okay, we're cool. I think what matters here is for the Grim, the Grizzly Cubs and the Timber Puppies, right? These young, these young upstart teams, the Dylan Brooks, Pat Beverly, not matchup because you're not going to waste Dylan Brooks on Pat Bev, but their inability, their ability, excuse me, to impact their teams positively and ability to impact the opposition negatively. The, the irritant that wins that matchup is going to be important. Now, mm-hmm. not just because I roll with the Grizz, I'm going to give Dylan Brooks the edge here because he's a better offensive player and he's bigger, right? And so that matters. So if D'Angelo Russell is causing problems, all right, D. Brooks, you got to slide over to D. Russell, no problem. Or if Anthony Edwards is causing problems, all right, D. Brooks, you slide over and get Anthony Edwards, right? Like they have some flexibility there. Desmond Bain is better on uh, is better on, on on the wing as well. John Morant is a bit of a liability defensively. Um, so they'll probably start him on Patrick Beverly, which is what I'll do, which is what I would do. But the big thing here is that Morant, and that's and the and and the Timberwolves are gonna want to put Beverly on Morant. Do not get into a back and forth prove you show you with Patrick Beverly, right? John Morant needs to take a page from Kevin Durant's playbook, right? He needs to from all those years ago at Golden State when he was like, I mean, I'm not gonna get into some back and forth with Patrick Beverly. I'll just catch the ball and shoot him every time, but we're not going to do that. I'm going to run the offense. You know who I am, Kevin Durant. Like, that's how John Morant needs to see Patrick Beverly. Do not, I'm not engaging in a one-on-one battle with you. Everybody knows I'm better than you. I don't need to show that in this series. We're going to do what works with us within our offense because I'm John Morant. He needs to have that mindset. But if he gets into a push-pull tug-of-war, that is right into Patrick Beverly's hands, and that spells disaster. For the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, you know Patrick Beverly. He wants that. He wants that. He's part of what he is the smoke mm-hmm. in the chimney. Correct. He's lurking in the chimney, wait, waiting for them. Um, I like the Grizzlies here. I just think they're That's a better right. team. They, they have better. more depth, top to bottom. I, but I do think chippiness matters for something. 
for sure. Chippiness matters for something that, that gives something, that makes something to a series. And sometimes a team can get a win over two of the series. I'm going to give the Minnesota Timberwolves two games here. I, I, was, I said five yesterday. I'm going to give them two. Give me Grizzlies in six. But I think it's a series that I hope, I hope and pray start some sort of rivalry in the West. Yeah. Two young yeah. teams don't like each other. A lot to prove. We need something like that. We need a good series. No fighting. We don't need no hands thrown. Nah, we don't need no, that. Don't need that. No, but no. give me the talking, the chirping, guys a little bit annoyed. Some, you I'm know, with that. You know what's interesting there, Dexter? Yeah. I thought the future of the league in the Western Conference three years ago when I, when I jumped on the train for the Grizzlies, I was like, you know, the future's going to be the Memphis Grizzlies and New Orleans Pelicans. That's going to be the future rivalry mm. in this conference. Mm. Like, they're going to be battling. Head to head, and it's like, and, they, and, and that could still happen. The Pelicans could be coming could. up, but, you know, they, they're where they are now. I love this because, remember, when the Timberwolves beat them uh, in a game in February, what did Pat, do, Pat Bev do when he got on Twitter? Oh, at Memphis Grizzlies, y'all ain't dancing or talking, no, or talking junk tonight, huh? huh? All right, best of luck rest of the season. Listen, it, 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 they... The Grizzlies remember that, okay, and they know. Mm-hmm. But again, my point remains the same. Do not get into a one-on-one battle with Patrick Beverly because once you do that, he's already won. And this is not a this is not a diss to Patrick Beverly. But again, this is Patrick Beverly we're talking about here. You a one-on-one <laughs> with him? What are right. you doing? Right, right. And his whole thing is about getting in your head. And we've seen this before in the NBA. It's a great point. One person gets into one's head. Some dudes get into a fight. I know this as a Knicks fan, leaving the bench can turn your whole series, affect your playoff and championship aspirations. Don't do it. I love to see the talk. Trust me. I love talk, to see but the don't, talk. But do not let it escalate to more. Say, and again, right. from a basketball standpoint, don't let him pull you out of your game plan. Right? right? Don't. If he gets a steal on you, John Morant, that's, don't come back down. No, I got to go back. Adam. It's cool. It's cool. Keep run what you got to run and do what you got Do not. Fight that urge because the urge is going to be there. It's going to be there. The thing is, I think this is a good – those kind of lessons are good things for this young Grizzly Cubs team and the Timberwolves to, to learn in these playoffs. So I'm happy to see a match with two good teams with some young stars that hopefully the NBA promotes well, uh, you know, for this as we start the first round of playoffs. Okay, so you got our predictions first round of the playoffs. Um, let us know what you think about your predictions. We are going to take a very quick break when we come back. We're going to talk about the – well, that's not good. That's not what we're going to talk about. <laughs> we're going to talk about the uh, playing games that are tonight, the 9-10 matchups, which uh, should be inter- pretty interesting. I'm really yeah. intrigued to see how Gerard is going to pick in terms of betting on these games. We'll talk about those when we come back on NBA Exchange. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the NBA Exchange. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code NBAEX. Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep. That's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play. Download the Prize Picks app today. Thank you. 
That's right. Use that prize picks code NBA EX. Get your first deposit up to $100 matched. And you could win some money. You know you could always win some money with Gerard. Gerard and Jenna, they had you winning some money last night. How did that? I did not check the show last night. How did it go for you in terms of the betting? Street continues. It was a rough night Street because continues. I, you know, I predicted the, the opening score 115, 105. It was 115, 108. And I was like, damn, mm-hmm. man. And again, Nets in their bullshit. So I didn't get that one right with any of the parlays or, but uh, game two, I said take Minnesota and the points. Uh, that, that worked out. Um, I think I did a single game parlay. Uh, that 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 one messed up with Carnegie Towns thirty plus and oh you know. yeah, well, that, well he yeah he was even yeah, close, no, he, he was, not even know. close. Carnegie Towns might as well have been a DMP coach's decision. I mean, last yeah, night. he, he was ugh, ugh. But yeah, but kept the streak going. You got every what did I say? You get one winner a week. Every week I give you one winner. That, see, this will guarantee. This will draw guarantees. He does not guarantee he's going to win everything for you. So look, if you one winner a week, you got your one winner there. By the way, did you notice last? Did you see that? Thing? last night in the game where the person came on the court yes, and tried and to like glued herself to the court herself to, to the floor yeah, yeah. Do you and, know what it was about it, i do know what it was about yeah, so I found yeah, out this, yeah i found yeah. out this morning and it was uh you know glenn taylor has a farm and she's an animal rights activist and yeah. uh all this stuff so that was one of the more interesting things i've seen somebody trying to do in the court just wondering if you had seen that that's uh, interesting yeah i was like what i was like i was like what's going yeah, on I don't, yeah, yeah, okay you know. uh sometimes <laughs> i just wish people might do a little bit more of that to stand up for human rights that but that's right. a whole nother you know. <laughs> that's a whole nother discussion uh all right since we don't have individual games to pick and this week i could not steal gerard's game <laughs> gerard could steal my games we got two games tonight, uh, nine ten matchups. First, we'll start off in the East. Charlotte Hornets, they were in the ATL to take on the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks, five-and-a-half-point favorites here. Gerard, who do you like here? Uh, these are two teams that do not play much defense, uh, a lot of offense. It's uh, on offense. A lot of offense. Yeah, you're rolling your eyes. I don't know how much you're going to enjoy yeah, this Yeah, t- ton of offense. Um, so the points make you a little nervous, but five and a half isn't too big. As you always like to say, see if you can find a lower point spread, maybe three and change. I would take the Hawks here. Um, I just, look, I have my issues with Trey Young, not from, as a player, but all the stuff he said this season and why the Hawks are where they are. I just feel like that is a, it's a reflection on his leadership and lack thereof. However, mm-hmm. he leads the NBA in total points and total assists. I mean, like, the dude is an unstoppable offensive dynamo. And we already said Charlotte don't play no defense anyway. Now, LaMelo Ball going to want to show out and do his thing too. Rozier, they're going to be out here, you know. So if you want to do player props with LaMelo, 8-plus assists, Trey, 30-plus points, uh, you know, Terry Rozier, 2-plus threes, I like that. See, see how that plays. See what kind of odds you get on that. But in terms of the game, I like the, the Hawks to win this one and take the over. Whatever the over yeah. is, bang that over. 235 and a half. Bang I'm that. with you on that. I'm taking I'm taking the Hawks, but I think your best bet that you can do with this tonight is to take that over in this content. It's kind of how I felt about the uh, Timberwolves-Clippers game. I said felt good about the under in that game. I thought it would be tough. I thought they played physical. It was a pretty low-scoring game for today's NBA. Please, I would take the over here. I don't love this five and a half. I'm kind of like you two, Gerard, on this. I'd be inclined to take an alternate spread, maybe drop it down a couple of points. That did not work for me well with the Brooklyn Nets last night. Uh, but oh, wait, so would, you, you brought it down last night? You still didn't win? I brought it down to seven and a half. Well, they went by and, seven? And they oh, won by seven. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, always first. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I thought you could do eight or more. I did not feel confident I'm doing ten or more. But I thought you shaved off a bucket. might be good there. I needed to shave off one more bucket. Uh, but 
I this this one I'm 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 with you. Don't love the line here, but if you want to incline to take Atlanta, I think your best bet is that over under 32, 35 and a half. You might say it's a lot of points. Have you watched these two teams play this year? Particularly guard. Charlotte, they can't yeah. stop anybody. No. Um, and that's just giving Atlanta, who's a pretty good offensive team. Uh, a lot of rain to score, so I like them there. Okay, in the West, um, San Antonio, they will be taking on, they'll be in the Big Easy taking on New Orleans Pelicans. Five and a half point line again with the Pels here. Uh, do you like the Pels here to cover, or are you taking San Antonio with the points? I think I'm taking San Antonio with the points, man. Like, I, I see I see DeJounte Murray coming up with a big game. Uh, you know, he's, he was an all-star this year, you know, it's pop. Um, you know, I just feel like maybe they want to kind of extend their season a little bit, see, see what they got, give themselves a chance to get into that, that eight seed. Um, you know, the Pelicans, they played better, uh, got BI, of course, you got CJ Jackson Hayes. I mean, you got, you know, Herb Jones, man, what a, what a revelation that guy is. Look, New Orleans should win the game. That's why they're favored, but. There's something about that team that I just I can't in a big game where I know they have to win. I'm like, ah, I'm I don't quite trust them yet, and I'm giving I'm giving the edge to the Spurs only because of Popovich and how he'll I feel like he'll get his team ready. So I'm gonna take the Spurs with the points. Spurs with the points. This one's tough for me, man. I you know the money line's not gonna be great enough. I think for you to take here with the Pels, maybe if it was a little bit under three points. And I would say this is a game, if you're not sure, watch this line today. Yeah. I would maybe want to watch the line if anything changes on it as we get closer to game time. I am leaning like Gerard here to take the Spurs in the points. I would look at some player props with DeJounte Murray because mm-hmm. uh, I think he's shown out a lot this year and will want to show out on this stage. It's not a playoff stage, but I think a chance for him to show out. Look at that. The over-under, 224 and a half here. That's tough. I can see this game with these teams being around that, right? I can see this game being 115, you know, mm-hmm. 109 mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. It's it's a 108. It's, it, yeah. I, I don't know. It could be really right around that. I'd stay away from this here. Um, I do not love this game to bet. I'm going to be honest. If I did, I'd be taking player props. I'd look yeah. at something with what can you get in terms of Brandon Ingram over 24 points, a DeJounte Murray triple-double. I think mm-hmm. those are things mm-hmm. you might want to look at in this game. I'm, I'm probably inclined to stay from line, but if I was going to, I would follow Gerard on this. I yeah, would yeah. go and take the Spurs and the points, um, and you get a close game and hope for that, and you enjoy it, and maybe you win some money too, taking that plus five and a half. Yep. Can't, can't, can't go bad there. So if it goes the way Gerard and I said, what you then would see is you'd have the Cavs playing the Hawks. We both think the Hawks are going to win. Mm-hmm. And you have the Pelicans. We think that even if Pelicans win, the Pelicans playing the Clippers. Who do you like in those matchups? Uh, I think this is Atlanta. I know Cleveland has been like the great story. I'm, and, I'm with you, know, you on this. But I yeah. just, I, I, I know what, listen, I, I, I said what I said about training his leadership and all that, but I know what that dude does in big games. And they went to the conference finals last year. So I took Atlanta. And then in the West, I take the Clippers at home. Uh, I think Ty Lue will just scheme up the right stuff and do what they got to do. And, uh, yeah, so it would be Clippers as the eighth seed and Hawks as the eighth seed. Now, Clippers, any shot against the Suns? I mean, look, you got Paul George and you got Ty Lue, you got a chance. But I think the Phoenix Suns are a machine. There's a reason why they've been the number one team all season long. Um, they're, just, they're just excellent. Now, 
what I think would be good mm-hmm. for for Phoenix is they get punched in the mouth a little bit in game one, and it's like, oh, they'll wake up because they have kind of been in cruise control for a while. They haven't played a high-stakes game in quite some some time. So this might actually be good for them to help them get ready as they as they hopefully make it back to the NBA Finals. On the other side, Hawks, we both think they'll get the eight seed. What about them against Miami? Do you like them to give Miami any trouble? No, only because I know what Miami does defensively, and because the Hawks don't play any, Miami's offensive issues won't matter because <laughs> – the Hawks can't stop anybody. So the Heat will look like world beaters on offense. So no, no problems over there. Oh, God. You know you know what that's going to be like for us after Brian Fonseca coming out here talking about, see, told y'all, going to championship. Told y'all. You know it's going to happen, man. It's always going to happen. All right, man. Playoffs should be fun. Uh, on Friday, we're going to talk about how you can bet on these first-round series of the playoffs. I'm not going to do what Gerard does. and guarantee that I'm going to win y'all any money. I'm just going to say uh, – I take a measure of caution when it comes to these things <laughs> that you might want you to bet responsibly as you should. Always. Don't be having to throw all your money on one playoff series, all this other stuff, but it should be fun. Enjoy the games tonight. Uh, I know Gerard and I will enjoy the games on Friday and then Saturday. It all starts mm-hmm. for real. So next week when Gerard and I are talking, you know, what's Gerard, it's going to be an interesting week next Wednesday because we're going to see some teams mm-hmm. that are tied in this series at one. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some teams where somebody went up 2-0 that we mm-hmm. might not have expected. And mm-hmm. you know how that goes. We do this one time. Some people are going to panic. But what are we going to do next week, Gerard? Nuance, guys. There we nuance. Go. We're going to give there you nuance. Go. Nobody panicking. Nobody freaking out. Nuance. No hot takes here. None of that. <laughs> None of that. We'll be talking about that next week. So next week should be really interesting because we'll be talking about a lot of the playoffs and some nuance stuff around that, as we always do. Here's Gerard Hector. Please check out his work on True Hoop, uh, as well as all the other places you can see Gerard. Um, please definitely check his work out there. Um, he'll be back with me next week. Be sure to check us out in everything that we do. Me on the A Hotel podcast. Also Friday here on this show. For Gerard Hector, I'm Dex Heron. Until next time, y'all. Peace.